Hello and welcome back to another episode of the DFS Today podcast and the Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Thursday, September 22nd. We are headed into the week three of the NFL, and you guys know what that means. Today's episode is going to cover the value options on the upcoming Sunday DFS slate. Now, before we get to reviewing the players, let's quickly do some plugs and discuss Thursday night football bets, which kicks off in just a few hours. First, please follow me on Twitter. My handle is at mfiddle14. I post a lot of my bets, my core four, I track line movement. I think I'm a valuable, valuable follow on the Twitter space. Second, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast feed. If you are listening on the DFS Today feed, I will continue to say this. Please, please, please give me a written review. I am doing a takeover of this podcast feed for the NFL season, so I would love the DFS Today team to get some written feedback on how I am doing. Third, a big sports ethos announcement. If you play fantasy basketball, time to listen closely for a second. In just two weeks, on October 8th, Aaron Bruski is dropping his Bruski 150 rankings list. Now, if you don't know Brew and you play season-long fantasy basketball, well, let me invite you out from that rock you've been living under. Brew is the guy who set the industry standard for fantasy guides to go a full 150 deep. His list is always excellent and ahead of the curve. Last season, he nailed guys like Tyrese Halliburton and DeJounte Murray. So if you had the Brewski 150 last year, went into your season-long drafts, and snagged up those two guys, you would have absolutely dominated. I'm really looking forward to seeing where he ranks Colin Sexton this year. I know Brew likes him a lot, and I wonder where he falls in his fantasy outlook in his new look in Utah. If you want to get ahead of the curve and dominate your upcoming fantasy draft, go to sportsethos.com and sign up for the Brewski 150 list dropping soon. Okay, let's discuss Thursday night football, which kicks off in just a few hours. My bet is on the Browns money line minus 200, one unit to win half a unit against the Steelers in Pittsburgh tonight. The line opened with the Brownies minus three and a half. So that has the hook on the key number of three, being a favorite on the road. And we also know any time that the Steelers are dogs, they are a public-backed team. The public loves to back the Steelers whenever they are a dog. We also see this in their season-long win total. Vegas was a little low on the Steelers this year, predicting Mike Tomlin to have his first losing record as a head coach. The win total prop was 7.5, and and it is one of the most bet overs on the entire win total prop board for Vegas. I am on the under. I am siding with the Sharps, and I will be doing the same thing tonight. So, again, this line opened tonight at a minus 3.5 with the hook on the road as a favorite for the Cleveland Browns. After they just completely blew a fourth quarter lead to the New York Jets. So, whenever you see that line, you know immediately, wow, the books are asking for action on the Steelers. You're giving them the three with the hook at home and the public loves this team. 
Yet, knowing all of this information, the line moved to minus 4.5, the line moved to minus 5.5, and that shows that the sharps, the experts, the big money bettors were pounding the dog pound Cleveland Browns. That worked out nicely with the word choice. So, there's been a little public resistance to the number getting as high as 5.5. The public continues to back the Steelers as a home dog. And I will fade the public, side myself with the Sharps, be very aware of this line movement. I do not want to play it at the 4.5 because 3 is a key number, 4 is semi a key number, and the hook on the 4 with a divisional game with a low point total, sharp towards the under. I think the win, the point total is like 38 and a half tonight. So it's going to be harder. I talk about this a lot. It's going to be harder to cover a spread with less total points scored. However, because of the way this line has moved, because there's clear, sharp action on the Browns, I am okay laying the minus 200 juice and taking the Browns on the money line. Browns, money line, minus 200, one unit to win 0.5 units tonight is my bet. Thursday night football, just a few hours away, and that makes it just a little bit more interesting. Again, I do not bet for more interest. I bet for line value, so I'm very comfortable not having a bet on a primetime game. But again, having a bet, a little more interesting. Let's talk DFS slate value options for today's Thursday, for Sunday, week three of the NFL. We'll start with the quarterback. I talked about this guy on the Tuesday podcast saying, we might be talking about him as a value quarterback. It's Jared Goff, 5,800. He's been throwing high, high volume. He's got decent stack options in Swift, who's a high volume pass catcher, and Amon Ross St. Brown, who's absolutely a beast now. They are playing against the Minnesota Vikings, and that total has gone from 50 and a half up to 53 and a half. So they are expecting fireworks and a lot of scoring in that Lions versus Vikings game. For that reason, it makes Goff a definite option as a value quarterback. The other side of that coin is Kirk Cousins. I think he's like 6,700. Again, stack with Jefferson, potential stack with Irv Smith Jr., who we will talk about during the tight end segment, in a game that should be tons of scoring and semi-low cost when he might throw very high volume. Kirk Cousins, 6,700, definitely an option. The two other names for quarterback on my list are Tua. I don't know if you want to jump in on the Tua bandwagon right after he had six touchdowns and 450 yards. But when a guy can put up those kind of numbers and is only costing 6,100, I have to mention his name on the value options episode. He's also playing against the Buffalo Bills. So that could go one of two ways. Either the Buffalo Bills bring immense pressure. Von Miller looks like he's 23 years old and in his prime still somehow. And Tua might get swarmed, sacked, a lot of pressure, rushed, not a good game. The flip side of that, and maybe what you want to buy into if you're drafting Tua at 6,100, is the Bills are dominant. 
They're going to be scoring a lot of points. Their offense plays very fast. They throw on first down at the highest rate in the NFL. Tua should be on the field quite a bit. He should be in a pass-heavy game script, and he should be throwing the ball 40-plus times. So, if you want to get in on the volume, you want to get in on the fireworks with Waddle and Tyreek, by the way, Waddle definitely has the best celebration in the NFL, then jump in on Tua 6,100. The last guy I'm going to talk about, Carson Wentz. 6,300 quarterback for the Commanders going against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, we saw what this Eagles defense just did to Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football and absolutely shut him out. However, Wentz volume of throws has been insane. This guy is throwing the ball a ton this season. He also has some decent weapons, and Wentz ranks third among all quarterbacks playing on Sunday in fantasy points through his first two games. So this guy is clearly scoring points. He is clearly throwing the ball a lot. He is playing against a team that has an explosive offense, so he might be required to throw a lot in a pass-heavy game script. Wentz at 6,300 is another value option. So the four quarterbacks that I would consider if you're not going with a spend-up are Kirk Cousins, Wentz, Tua, and Goff. Let's move on to running back. Only a few names to talk about in the running back space today. First off, I want to discuss Lenny Fournette. I talked about him on the Tuesday episode saying he's likely core. I think we could just change his name to Lenny Cornette. This is my announcement. Lenny is core on Saturday. Or on Sunday, but I will discuss it on the Saturday episode where I give out the key core for Fournette will be in that grouping. David Montgomery, running back for the Bears. He is popping up on a lot of the DFS optimizers. So I just want to point his name out as someone who's probably going to be a bit of a chalk play. So if you're looking for an RB2, if you're in that mid-range zone, five, six thousand bucks, and you're not sure where to go, you don't love your options, play into the chalk of Montgomery. He's going against the Texans. He should get good volume. The Bears literally don't know how to throw the ball. So since he's the running back, he should get the ball quite a bit. Travis Etienne, 5,400. They're going against the Chargers. Chargers have a good defense, so that does scare me a little bit. But it should be a pass game script for the Jaguars. And Etienne is just one of these guys. I keep mentioning his name week after week. He's going to pop off. By the end of the season, he is going to be ranked north of $6,500 every single week. So it's just a matter of time about when we are going to hit that switch and get in on ETN to make some magic happen and be way undervalued considering his price tag. Rex Burkhead, I think he's under 5,000. He's like 4,800. It's got to be an option. I mean, he's getting volume for the Texans. He can cast patches out of the backfield. He has the goal line role, and he's going against the Chicago Bears. Do I need to say anything more? No. If you need a value running back, look for Rex. The last one I want to talk about is Rashad White. Now, since I'm playing Lenny Fournette, there's no way in hell I will be playing Rashad White. But if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, Mike, you should call him Fournette, not Cornette, because he shouldn't be in your core and you want to fade that idea that I'm having, go with Rashad White. There has been heavy line movement towards the Packers in this game. We know Fournette is a tiny bit banged up. We know Brady is missing 
Mike Evans probably missing Godwin and still doesn't have AB or Gronk in the building. So he's a little bit unfamiliar with his weapons. And Rashad White is a key cog in the pass catching game for them out of the backfield. So if we think Packers might be winning this game and controlling this game, Brady has less familiarity with his pass catchers. Look for him to get a guy like Rashad White involved if you want a very cheap running back who might actually produce in a full point PPR DraftKings fantasy sense. Rashad White could definitely be a guy. All right, wide receivers. My first statement for wide receivers is just avoid the questionable tags in the 6,000s. Now, that's Pittman, Keenan Allen, Gabe Dave, and Godwin. I guess you could say Pittman is an option since his was a concussion, and if he's cleared, he should get the full complement of snaps in a pass script game against the Chiefs. But I'd say that option is best for GPP swing situations. If you are playing in cash games, which I mostly am in most weeks, and this week, again, mostly cash games for me, I am probably avoiding pity for the chance that he plays limited snaps and is taken off the field. Again, also the Colts suck, and the Chiefs defense has overperformed. So combining all those factors, I'm not sure if I want to play into the Pittman situation. I will mention another Colts receiver in this value segment. But spoiler alert, his name is not Paris Campbell because as of last week, Paris Campbell and his goose egg in our core, Paris Campbell is now a curse word on the DFS today and the advantage. He is Voldemort and the name that should not be spoken. Just so that you guys know, I did send him a strongly worded email. However, it was not laced with any profanity and I let him know that he let us down. Let's get back to it. If Keenan Allen is out, Mike Williams becomes a great play and is probably core. T. Higgins, 6,100 in a potential get-right spot for the Bengals against the Jets. I like this a lot. In the gambling space, I am going to be playing the Bengals at alternate spreads right before specific key numbers. So they are a minus 4.5 against the Jets. I think that line total should be about minus 6.5. So that means I can sell points, take the 6.5 with plus odds, and take things like the minus 9.5, the minus 13.5, the minus 16.5, the minus 19.5, all these alternate totals before key number point spreads. Sounds like gibberish. I fumbled my word saying that. But we move on. Christian Kirk, he's balling on Jacksonville. It's also balling on my season-long fantasy team, so I love that I have them. Uh, The Jaguars are playing against the Chargers. It should be a pass-heavy game script for Jacksonville. They're on the road in Los Angeles. Christian Kirk, definitely a guy for DFS. Hollywood Brown is playing against the Rams. Now, the Rams have actually been pretty atrocious on pass-catching defense this season. So if you want to go with a little contrarian option and play Kyler, stack him with Hollywood. That would be a GPP play to kind of go the other way. Adam Thielen, horrible season so far, but a clear bounce back spot for him and definitely an option this week. Because of that line movement and the total in the Lions-Vikings, I really like Thielen. He might be discussed as a core piece on Saturday's show. But again, that game total opened at 50.5. It's 
moved all the way up to 53.5. There is going to be a lot of scoring in the Lions-Vikings game, so look for Thielen to get back on track. And, of course, he is a red zone hog, so we will look for him to score. Curtis Samuel. Keep saying his name until the, the price rises. The amount of opportunity that he's getting and his price are still very far apart and clearly produce value for Curtis Samuel. If you play Wentz, consider yourself stacking Curtis Samuel as an automatic. Traylon Burks. This guy's good. The wide receiver, like one slash two, depending on what you consider Robert Woods for the Titans. Traylon Burks is going to be producing big numbers at some point this season. Same way I feel about ETN. Consider him a value option every week if he's under 5K because he's enormous. His size and talent have the ability for him to take off. Josh Palmer. If Keenan Allen is out, Josh Palmer is a guy that I like a lot. Do we go back to the well with Greg Dortch? Greg Dortch sounds like someone I went to summer camp with. Let's just say, yes, I think Dortch is definitely an option. Again, if you're playing Kyler, if you're going contrarian against the Rams, if you want to play into the fact that the Rams' pass defense has been way subpar to what we would consider them to be this season, go ahead, play Dortch. Alec Pierce. Now, this is my uh, Colts receiver that I am horrified to talk about. Alec Pierce, if he's healthy and cleared, should be the number two against the Chiefs on Sunday. Plays for the Colts. He's $3,500. He's incredibly cheap. He's a rookie coming off a concussion. But he's filling a big role in a pass-heavy game. There has to be value there if he's getting the full complement of snaps. But again, I am terrified to talk about this guy because of what Paris Campbell did to us last week. But again, you can't get overly you know, scarred by players and situations. You can't let that affect you too much. You can't let one week's results impact how you play in the future. So if we understand our principles of DFS, Alec Pierce is an option. Finally, let's talk about some tight ends. Tyler Higby, his volume, really high this season. I guess that's because the Rams can't really trust Cam Akers or Allen Robinson. They don't have the OBJ situation. Ben Skoranek is their wide receiver three who's actually playing a little fullback. So Higby with the volume should be an option. Gerald Everett, if Keenan Allen is out, Gerald Everett is probably core. He's just getting a lot of looks from Herbert in key situations. He was tackled at the one in week two. He scored a touchdown in week one. Really like Everett. If, if, if Allen is out, he should get a lot of looks. Hawkinson and Irv Smith Jr. Let's combine these guys and talk about them at the same time. They're the tight ends for the Lions and the Vikings, which I keep saying this. There should be a lot of scoring in that game. So look for a cheap weapon in those games to plug into your lineup. Irv Smith Jr. got eight targets from Kirk Cousins last week. And now he's playing in a game where there should be 53 total points scored. Go back to the well with Irv Smith. Hawkinson, same thing. I think he had a touchdown last week. Now he's on the Lions. If you're playing golf, potentially stack with Hawkinson. Absolutely nothing wrong with that this week. Really like that option. 
And that wraps up our discussion for value options on the DFS slate. Again, I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Thank you guys for listening to the DFS Today and The Advantage. Please rate, review, subscribe, follow me on Twitter, and go sign up for Brews 150. And as always, I will talk to you guys on Saturday with the core four. listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and i'm rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them listen to people are the worst now on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts